I can't uh, help it sometimes. I kind of know what's coming in the sermon. <laughs> and sometimes the music is not necessarily planned and tied to the theme of the sermon. And uh, sometimes it just locks in just perfectly, even though it wasn't planned that way. And I tear up a lot because I know where I've been. And, and I know where this church has been. <laughs> and I know where we are going together. So sometimes it is just a little bit emotionally overwhelming when you look around and see, oh Lord, how excellent is thy name. Today we are taking a look at a scripture that is really difficult for a lot of us to live and for us to take in. We're starting a 12-week sermon series on what disciples do. Uh, a lot of sermons are on what you need to believe. And I think we got the belief part down. It's a matter now of what do we do? Uh, disciples, people who follow Jesus Christ, people who follow in the way of Jesus Christ. It is not enough, this sermon series will call out to just believe Jesus Christ. It's not enough to just say, Oh Lord, how excellent is thy name. What is called is for us to experience. Oh Lord, how excellent is thy name. What is called is for us to do what is in this scripture, to take up our cross and to follow Jesus. And then the scripture ends in one of the roughest ways possible. <laughs> I don't know if you heard it. In the same way, none of you are willing to give up all of your possessions and to become my disciple. It's kind of like a crash landing. You're, oh Lord, how excellent. Yes, oh Lord, how Wait, give up what? <laughs> you're, ex you're excellent because you gave me all this stuff. <laughs> now you want me to give it up? Yes, yes. As I preached during the Lenten season, does your stuff own you or do you own your stuff? Does your money own you or do you own your money? One of my first uh, reflections I delivered in seminary in our chapel service that we would have every day during the week about a 30-minute service, and one of the first uh, reflections I delivered was on word and work. A lot of us know the word. A lot of us have heard the word. A lot of us know what to believe, but are we doing the work? Are we engaged in the work that is necessary to change and to transform us and our lives? 
part of the struggle and the reason that people are turning to this spiritual but not religious is because the church is no longer engaged in doing the work of creating disciples and transforming people and calling them to walk into the way of Jesus Christ. The reason people are turning to be the nuns and the duns and nuns as in N-O-N-E-S, not N-U-N-S, but the nuns not believing at all is because they are not willing to step into a church and a place that is only about helping you to get more money or to get a better job or to feel better and good about yourself. A lot of people are turning away because they're smart enough to understand that it is nothing but a show and it's not changing anybody life. The show is good, but is it changing you? Is it transforming you? Is it calling you to be a disciple? Is it calling you to live a better life? Is it calling you to care about others besides yourself? The church has begun raising up selfish people, not selfish Christians. It ain't a Christian to be selfish. Selfish people. Not people who are willing to walk into the ways of Jesus Christ and to understand that in all of your getting and your getting and living a more expansive life, it's to bring God glory so God gets the glory of all that God has done for you so you can bring other people into a loving relationship with Jesus Christ. Shallow Christianity. Yeah, I believe. I go to church every Sunday. Yeah, but you kind of ratchet and raggedy around the edges. What's going on with you? Oh, yeah, I'm a, I'm a Christian, but didn't you just cuss your mama out? You can quote every scripture in the Bible and you know how to roll a good curse word off of your tongue in the same, in between the scriptures. Is your faith changing you? Are you being engaged and transformed? I tell you something, there's a lot, Netflix is good, Hulu is good, I have YouTube TV now, I've cut the cord, I've cut the cable. This means I can get whatever I want to watch, whenever I want to watch it, on my TV and don't have to spend a whole lot of money for it. I love some Star Wars, I love some good sci-fi flicks, I love The Flash, I love Marvel, I love DC, there's a whole lot of stuff I love that I can watch on TV. There's a whole lot of things I can do at my house besides come to this church on Sunday morning. My point is, if you are going to take the time to come here on Sunday (laughs) to rearrange your schedule and all the other stuff that is going on out there, at least come here and get some transformation in the process. 
Life is big. That's why folks opt for football. That's why they opt for soccer. That's why they opt to be with their kids on Sunday. That's why they opt for all of these other things because somewhere along the line, the church stopped transforming people. The church stopped calling people to be disciples. And right then, all the other stuff slipped in there and became a priority. And so now Sunday is, if I can make it, I'll be there. But if you want to be changed, if you want to be transformed, this requires consistent commitment. I've told you before when people ask, why did I become a pastor? Because I needed to be so consistent that I made it my job. can tell you some stuff that I have done that'll make your hair stand on your head. If you don't believe that God is good and can change people's life, you just look at me. I can't even tell you all of it yet because you're blushing. There's too many kids in the room. It requires consistent work. As disciples, we are called to live an authentic faith, an authentic faith. Our faith should have something to do with changing and transform, transforming how we think about money. Our faith should reach that far to say to us, God, I know before I wasn't willing to pay all these credit cards I ran up. But now, because you have changed me, I understand. I entered a contract. I said I was going to do this. I went and spent this money. I'm going to pay it back. And not be mad at the people because they calling me, asking me for it. I went out and spent it. Now I'm going to give it back. If we are living in authentic faith, it should affect how we deal with our families, how we deal with our friends. If it's too rough, if it's too much of a struggle, then it requires our faith, it requires prayer, it requires therapy, it requires us getting in the game and allowing what is happening to transform us. Part of the reason some of us can't kulara is because we don't want to do the work that is necessary to do the kulari. You want to look at the problem and complain about everything that is going on around you and feel helpless and there's nothing you can do. And, oh, God, what am I going to do? Lord, I don't know how to fix this. Lord, I'm just waiting for you to do something. Lord, I just wish you. And God is saying, get your behind down to the church house and go sign up for you a good support group or therapist. You can't complain about your life and be sitting up at home on Sunday watching the Saints and the Texans play. They called out those teams because I know I was safe calling those out with the people who, who watch them. See, I know they'll be back on Sunday. See, if I'd have called out some other ones, I'd be worried. You know, the Texans ain't going to win. No way. But the Saints, I know they, you know. I was just calling out some teams that I figured I'd be a little safe with. home to be disappointed. Ain't nothing going to happen? Lord. 
<laughs> you might as well sit here and get you some Jesus so you can go home and have some faith that they're going to win that game when you get there. <laughs> Lord Jesus, let's go take prayer, anoint all, and some holy water. Sprinkle it on the TV. <laughs> Our authentic faith should change us in some ways. It should call us to reprioritize sometimes, some things. I'm not saying football is bad or the things that happen on Sunday is bad. You have to take time to do things to enjoy life. God wants us to enjoy life. But we have to be a little careful about where we are in life and what we are going through and not avoid the things that can help us to get through life. That is what an authentic faith will call us, cause us to do. An authentic faith, and we haven't even done this in this church, and, and the churches don't even do it anymore, but an authentic faith should also affect your sex life. God wants it all. It should affect your behavior. It should affect how you engage in that relationship. It should affect all of those things. And authentic, God wants to touch and transform all of your life. We want to separate God between the, you know, the bad things that we do and the good things that we do. But God wants to be involved in all of it. God wants to transform all of it. The scripture records in verse 29, he says, otherwise, when he's saying for them to take up their cross and follow him, he says, you know, when you have laid the foundation but couldn't finish the tower, all who see it begin to belittle you. In other words, if we have not laid the foundation of understanding that we want to live an authentic and a transformed life, other people will see it. The example that he is giving here in the scripture is that this guy went out to build this tower, but he didn't plan out his budget and his finances for finishing the tower. He didn't even really complete the foundation, so it was weak, and so it fell down. So, so what, what, what he is saying is, while you are out there testifying in my name and calling yourself a Christian, other folks that are not Christian can see that the foundation ain't laid yet. We ain't fooling nobody when we say, oh, I go to church every Sunday. Oh, I'm a Christian. And oh, this is what, just because you come here on Sunday doesn't mean that you are a Christian. God is calling us to live an authentic, a challenging faith that causes us to change all the areas of our lives. The reason some of us can't be effective evangelists is because other folks can tell we're not necessarily practicing what we preach. And all the time, we thought other folks that was criticizing us wasn't practicing what they are preaching. God has a word for us, too. Don't be like the hypocrites. <laughs> be ye transformed through me as well. The other example he gives, he says, this king would go out to war and he wouldn't even have the soldiers with him. How do we go 
to war against all the struggles, all the challenges, all the problems out there if we don't know what word to stand on? How do we survive in this life if we don't know what prayer to pray? How do we survive in this life if we don't know how to go to God and to seek help? How do we survive in life if we cannot find the scripture that we need that's appropriate for that moment that we can stand on and build our faith? God is calling us to have an authentic faith, to take our faith seriously and to let God to have it all. In other words, when he says, take up the cross and follow me, it's about are you going to be all in? Are you going to be all in or half in? Are you going to be all the way or just half the way? Our struggles in life, our problems, whatever they are, they are some of our crosses. They are things that we have to bear and we have to work our way through with them. For a long time, I had it a little twisted. I thought that, well, if we spend time just helping people build their faith to grow and their courage to soar, we'll eventually get to the place where everyone in the congregation will be engaged and they'll get out and do the work that needs to be done. We'll be able to build up our, our foster care and adoption ministry. We'll be able to build up our Cub Scout, uh, Cub uh, Scout pack. We'll be able to build up our Boy Scout troop. We'll be able to, to do things that can really impact the community. We'll become the great church that is doing amazing things to help people find jobs and stay in the... We'll be able to do all of those things. But first, we have to help people to live a better and expansive life. That's what I thought at first. But when I read this scripture this week, what I understood was, <laughs> Jesus is saying, take up your cross and follow me. In other words, whatever struggle you have, Whatever pain you are going through, whatever bills you can't pay, whatever job is beating you down, whatever family struggles you have, you might as well pick it up and follow Christ. We can be healed on our way to doing the work we need to do. We don't need to just sit here and fix ourselves and then decide to go out and fix the world. If we are going to pick up our cross and follow Christ, that means we come with whatever it is we have and we go. We come with whatever struggle we have and we go. We come with whatever pain we have and we go. We don't wait for life to get good before we can go out and help other people. We know life will get good as we're on the way to go help some other people. Take up the cross and follow me. Whatever you have, whatever you're going through, whatever the struggle, whatever the pain, whatever the cost, pick it up. Pick it up. Pick it up. 
Pick it up! Pick it up! Pick it up! Pick it up! And follow me! Stop waiting on the miracle. The miracle is on the way. The miracle is as you carry that cross out that door to go do right. The miracle is on your way to go help other folks. Stop being stuck in your stuff and pick up your cross and go and follow me. Jesus didn't waste time worrying about what's going to happen if he heals somebody. Jesus didn't waste time on the cross to make to not make provisions for us because he was in too much pain. He did the work on the way. Not after he was resurrected. Oh, that word just fell on me. I didn't have that plan. He did the work on the way. The work didn't happen after Easter. The work happened on the cross. The work happened on the way to Golgotha. The work happened in the tomb. The work was complete at resurrection. So you're trying to get resurrected before you do the work. You got to pick up the cross and follow first. <laughs> You're waiting on the solution, but the solution will happen on the way. All in. All in. We have to see beyond our stuff. It's going to be there. There's going to be opportunities with struggle, strain, and discomfort, but just imagine what this world would be like if everybody waited to have a perfect life before they sought an opportunity to help other people. Just think of what it would be like if everybody waited for God to complete the transformation in them before they did anything. No civil rights movement. <laughs> no Rosa Parks on the back of the bus. No womenist movement. If we all waited until God completed the transformation in us, <laughs> the world would be in more chaos than it is. Are we going to be all in to seek God helping and changing and transforming us and molding us on the way? Are we willing to take up our cross and follow Christ? That means to bring all of you into the Lord, all of you into the struggle, all of you into this church for God to lift, change, and transform you as we do the work of living an authentic faith and being engaged with our community. This, my friends, is a tough scripture. If anything, God asks at this end, it says, are you willing to give up all of your possessions? 
not just your money? Are you willing to give up your internalized homophobia? Are you willing to give up your internalized racism? Are you willing to not not be a racist? I heard this one the other day, but to be anti-racist. See, there's a difference. When you call somebody a racist, now they say, I'm not a racist. No, are you anti-racist? Because not a racist is, everybody claims that. Are you anti-race? Are you willing to give that up? Are you willing to give up your diagnosis? Are you willing to give up your physical infirmities? And to say, God, I'm all in. I'm all in. And I'm ready to be transformed and to take my faith seriously. I may struggle, I may fall, but I'm ready to take it seriously. And my friends, the good news is, as I close, the good news is, I have work to do too, but this is where we come to do it together. This is where we come to take our faith seriously together. And just as Jesus was carrying that cross, remember there was a man that stepped out there, maybe even a woman, that would be an interesting turn of events, that helped him on the way with that cross. We can do the same for each other. Let us journey these next 12 weeks on learning how to be disciples and learning to do what disciples do. If you'll stick with these next 12 weeks, I promise you it will be transformative and it will lead us right into Advent so we can start preparing to give birth to something new and amazing in 2020. Don't wait to 2020 or December 31 or January 1 to start making your resolutions about the next decade of your life. Now is the time to start preparing the next decade of your life. If you do what you always did and wait till the week of, guess what? You're going to still get the same results you've always been getting all these years. Start now, finish strong. That all the people of God say, amen. amen.